Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to another Food and Wine podcast with me, Mairead Robinson. Now, while I've in, I've chatted to some really interesting sommeliers and chefs and food and wine people for this podcast series, but today I'm particularly pleased to welcome one of Ireland's best known and indeed best loved celebrity chefs, none other than Derry Clark from Dublin's famous Le Crivan restaurant. Now, while Lecrivan might be no more now, I want to hear the whole story from the beginning to the end. So, Derry, you're very, very welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. And um, maybe we'll start with just a little background. Tell me about maybe your life growing up. Yeah, sure. Hi, Murray. Uh, thanks for having me. Delighted to talk welcome. to you and to your, and to your listeners. Um, yeah, well, I mean, funny enough, uh, my family on my mother's side and father's side were both in the food business in Dublin. Uh, my father's side of the family were uh, food importers, uh, fine foods like cheeses, delicatessen products, um, salamis, cured hams, that kind of stuff sure. from all over the world. So that was interesting. And then on my mum's side, the uh, business, they were uh, fruit importers from South America and from South Africa. So food was, was in the blood at the very start of my um, career, I suppose. And um, really how I started was in a summer job, I think like most of us when we were younger, um, we always like to work during summer and earn a few quid, um, you know, for pocket money. And so uh, an aunt of mine, Carrie, had a shareholding in a restaurant in Kinsale in West Cork called the Man Friday. And oh, I uh, the Man Friday. Oh, yeah, yes, it's just, still, still going strong, still going strong. Um, it's a great restaurant. I was actually there uh, just last year and it was great. Yes, I've been there. Um, lovely place. Yeah, good, good. But it's a lovely location, isn't it? It really is. It's just spectacular and silly there um, overlooking Kinsale. Sure. But I went there, um, um, I was in boarding school, so um, summer times I would go down there and spend uh, June, July and August in the restaurant, working various departments in the place, and I uh, did that for about four years, so I was about 17, so um, I kind of liked it, I mean it wasn't, I find enough, uh, that wasn't going to be my, my career choice at the time, I actually had, actually funny enough, I went for an interview into um, Irish shipping, which were at the time down in Fleet Street, I think, I think it was Fleet Street around that area, or West Border Street, um, I was going to go in as a cadet officer, so I applied for that and got, got that, so that was going to be my career really, was, was going to sea, and because um, I was interested in sailing at the time and, and the sea, and, um, but then I mean, got to say to you, I, was, I had one long summer in, I uh, left school in the Man Friday and I really enjoyed it, it went really well for me and I felt I could make a career out of it, so that's really how it started. Excellent, well I, I noticed um, that um... Gosh, it's over 30 years since you started Lecri Van. You must have been just out of short pants when you actually opened the restaurant 30, 35 <laughs> years ago. I don't think so. There, um, wasn't, there wasn't much happening on the food scene in Ireland, in fairness, 30-odd years ago, was there? Yeah, there wasn't. No, there wasn't really. Um, like, I was lucky. I In Dublin, I worked in Le Cockardy restaurant. Uh, John oh, yes. Howard was the chef patron there. And it was a really Indeed. popular restaurant. It was Charlie Hawley's favourite favorite haunt. In so the I day. believe... Yeah, it sure was. And um, yeah, that was good fun actually working there. And I was, you know, believe it or not, I was open restaurant to Van in my age, like 30 years of age, 31 maybe. I was 31, I think. Um, and Sally Ann came on board with me a year later and she was 25. So she was quite young going into it. 
but we're young. But I mean, as you said, at the time, the restaurants weren't really, there were very few around. Um, and we were a small little restaurant doing French cuisine. And it went quite well, actually. We started off quite well, considering we opened in 1989. And they were different days. I mean, uh, eating out wasn't like, isn't, like, isn't like what it is now. Now it's much more casual and everyone eats out on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, in those days, eating out was, uh, or dining out was called really, was um, a special occasion, a birthday, anniversary, etc. And that's how it was really. And, um, and everyone dressed up for dinner. It was uh, much more formalized. Sure. Uh, and structured. Yeah, it's more, more structured, which I, I, quite, I, I kind of enjoyed yeah. it. I remember growing up in um, in Sandy Cove in South County Dublin and my dad used to bring us to the Mirabeau if there was a special occasion like somebody's birthday or something like that but yes we all got dickied up and it was always a very special occasion it was fab it was lovely it was great but it was very much a special occasion it wouldn't be every week or even every month that's for sure I remember Sean Kinsley's place the Mirabeau yeah and I remember um, all the guests uh, got the menus with no prices that's only, right. Only the, only the host got the price on it. That's right. My poor dad. Yes, I didn't realize that years later. God love him. Anyway, listen, Le Crivan, um, that actually means the writer in French. It does. It? it does. It does indeed. So yeah, it does indeed. How did you come up with the name like that? Or well, what the, well, the, it? well, the tie-in, yeah, the tie-in was like I'd, I'd spent a bit of time in France as well um, in my younger days. And um, I wanted to, uh, like a Dublin, of course, was the, uh, to me, is a very uh, literal literary capital of uh, Ireland you know you have all the writer famous writers were born in Dublin sure so I kind of want to tie that in a bit and I want a French theme because I'll be honest with you, in the 80s and 90s uh, a French named restaurant had more chance of success than Namus Derry's or Clark's you know yes so um, that was I felt at the time funny enough the, the name became a bit of a, a bit of a problem uh, in, in, in latter years because uh, first of all it was a hard name to pronounce um, and a hard name to read um, so uh, it did cause problems, to be fair, really, because Lake Cravan is a hard name to pronounce, yeah. you know, if you look at it. Actually, as I was at a conference, when I was young, a young guy was at a conference, and the guy, a speaker, one of the speakers said, um, three things never do in a restaurant. Never open in a basement, never open surrounded by double yellow lines, and never uh, have a name no one can pronounce. I, I, did, all, I, I did all three things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you yeah. still had a tremendous success for years and years. But just getting back to the name again, obviously I get the French connection, but why the writer? Was there, you know, why? The writer, I mean, uh, uh, Irish literature, you know, Joyce, Brendan Bean. Um, oh, uh, I see. Going back Yates, to that. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, Joyce, I missed you know, that. Yes. Yeah, Oscar Wilde. That was, and I had a lot of portraits. I still have them, actually. I got a lot of portraits. Funny sure. enough, a great story for you, just before we opened, um, on Marion Square, at the time in Marion Square. Do you remember all the artists used to... Uh, uh, hang our stuff on the ratings. That's right. That's right. That's and, right. Yes. And we need we needed a bit of artwork to go on the walls. So um, I moved down there one day and I came upon this artist, Liam O'Neill. He's very well known now. At the time, he was just kind of a part time artist. He was a teacher actually from Maddie uh, okay. Ferreter, Maddie Ferreter in um, Kerry. So um, he had some uh, portraits of Irish writers. So um, we bought a fair few of them and put them on the wall and still have them actually. We brought them home. We didn't actually, we, we, got, we sold the restaurant last year. We brought them home with us here because they become oh, very uh, sentimental, you know, really. But uh, also, also Liam's, Liam's um, what's the word, value has gone up in the world <laughs> since That's those days. Yeah. I always yeah. wonder what the story was behind that. But anyway, the other big thing, of course, which I have to say, ask you about is the Michelin star. I mean, you're, you, you held that for what, how many years, 20 years or so? Near on, I think about 18, 19 years, or maybe 20 years even. Yeah, yeah, we did. There we, we did. go. Um, 
Yeah, we, um, you know, funny enough, when they opened, when they opened the restaurant, really, for me, it was just um, to have a li- make a living and uh, something to do, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing. That was really how uh, I looked at it. And, um, and also, of course, obviously making the guests happy, you know, because I realised if people didn't leave happy, they didn't come back. So that was the main thing for me. And then the Michelin thing just came about slowly, really. Um, we kind of built up confidence and um, we did get a, a Bib Gourmand, which is like, the next the one down from the, right, from the yes. Michigan star. So we, have, we always had that. We've had that then since, I think, 1992. So, I don't know, 30 years we had that. We've had that. Yes. So um, then we got the star then. And, um, yeah, and we just kept it. And funny enough, you know, when we got the Michigan star, it was a double-layered edge sword. I was just going to use that expression. Yeah. I was just going to say to you, is it a double-edged sword? Because I see and hear of so many chefs who are under such pressure. Everyone, when they see the word Michelin on the on, on the on the wall outside the door, they have such high expectations. Like, that's is it pressure. actually a lot of pressure? <laughs> well, that's, you just use the, 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 the key word, expectation. Yes. Uh, and it really is. And also, the expectation is to deliver uh, day in, day out. And... Um, when at one stage, Lake Ravine Restaurant, when we rebuilt the new place, we were doing 120 covers um, every every service. So wow. uh, per day, we we're doing like 350 covers. And I know we were we were the busiest Michelin star restaurant in Europe at the time, but no doubt about it, we were just doing massive numbers and the pressure. Like we had 35 chefs. Yes. Everyone did it coming in their shifts, and it was really hard to control it and um, to try and keep the standards up. And you know it's just a difficult thing. And also, you know, every year when the mission guide is announced, you genuinely don't know whether you're going to get it, have it, or not, or keep it, retain it. And uh, obviously, we never had the experience of losing one. But I know colleagues who did, and they kind of put their business back a lot. You know, they really did. That's what I. That's what I was about to say. I mean, people, even the customers who have had the had the pleasure of eating there, if they see the Michelin stars gone, they'll think, oh well, it's probably not very good anymore. You know, people can be quite yeah. fickle. That's what I mean about huge pressure and how you manage to keep that uh, keep working under that pressure for so many years, which is which is pretty remarkable. I think it is looking back now. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we finished up, so you know, we haven't haven't looked back yet, but probably about years and years to come, hopefully. But um, yeah, I mean, there were some uh, there were some brilliant days, some great days, and some really hard days, and that's the way. Yeah. I suppose that's life actually. It kind of it kind of actually reflects life. You have your good days and bad days, you know. Um, I actually, but, I actually did come and eat there once, and I was trying to remember when, how long ago it was. It was years and yeah. years ago. I was with Food and Wine magazine at the time. All right. So and yeah. I came with my daughter, and and Sally Ann was doing front of house, and she was lovely and charming, and the food was gorgeous. We absolutely loved it. Traveling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at Expressway.ie, make sure to select Seat Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just two euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations, and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again, and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. 
Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. The uh, 30 odd years we're open, it's all condensed. Time, I find when you look back, time becomes condensed. I you know. know, yeah. Uh, yeah. In a year, you might have two or three memories from one year. It's kind of weird. So we're, so we're all getting younger anyway. So this is, this is <laughs> exactly, exactly. Actually, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned Sally there. I mean, Sally um, came on board. Um, she was working in the insurance business. Yes. And after after a year, I was struggling, and she came in to give a help out, and then she um, stayed on, and yeah. she became uh, part of the place big time, and was I think the major part of success of it because uh, you know, being a chef. You're, uh, you look inwardly in, as in, in, in the cooking end of it. You kind of look into your kitchen and look what's happening there. Sure. You don't look yeah. outside the kitchen door as much as you should. And it needs someone you can trust and who does a great job. And Sally Ann did a great job. I mean, she. Oh, she did. I remember brilliant. because yeah. um, um, obviously we didn't, uh, we didn't announce ourselves. And so I, I didn't meet you, but she looked after the table and we were both very impressed. And my daughter was only in her late teens at the time, but uh, she was very, very impressed. Uh, yeah, we had a gorgeous meal. Actually, talking about gorgeous meals, something I love, a lot of people don't. I love tasting menus. If you have a really great chef like yourself, a tasting menu for me is really exciting. I quite happily hand myself over and eat all these lovely little plates that come along. Do yeah. you, uh, what do you think about tasting menus? Well, we did them, obviously. You know, we did the taste menus for years, a long yeah. time. Um, me dining out, I would rarely go for a tasting menu because for would me, uh, yeah, it's three or four hours of sitting there and I've got to be honest with you, I actually never liked the waiters coming over and explaining the dish to you, you know, and going into a lot of uh, detail. They do get very um, fussy with it, all right. But I was up in Belfast yeah. a few weeks ago and had gorgeous, a couple of gorgeous meals up there. And I just, I just love it. And then the little half glass of wine with each plate. I just think it's lovely. I love the ceremony of it. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think for an occasion, you know, definitely I would do it. I mean. For sure. Uh, and for you, know, you mentioned Belfast, some great restaurants in Belfast now, I must say. Um, oh, I haven't Ox, said. Uh, um, Ox recently. It was just brilliant. Loved it. Yeah. Um, a lovely restaurant. But um, no, I kind of feel like um, people are moving away from the structure of the what we we were used to, like the starter, main course, dessert, or tasting menus. I think people want to go for um, a more informal structure, like, you know, yes. sharing plates or tastings. and Because I noticed, you know, when I eat out now with Salian, we rarely have a starter. We have a starter. We have one starter between two of us. Yes. We share it with two, two, two forks and two small plates. Or a dessert, we share a dessert, two spoons. Yeah. Uh, you know, I find, but I'll be honest, I find that the older I'm getting, I uh, eat less for sure. I mean, I. Yeah. What yeah. I've done a, f- a few times recently, which I really like, I don't, I don't know if the chefs like it so much, but instead of ordering a main course, I might, we might between us order several different starters, even all the starters, because sometimes the starters can be a bit more interesting and a bit more That's creative. Quite, yeah, for, and they are, but besides being creative, they, um, they're more balanced and not as heavy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, definitely. Like, I mean, uh, that is the way I think it's time, dining, dining out is going. Actually, I think pretty much it's more like snacks, little tasters, and then maybe little starters to share. Yeah, it's all kind about of tapas thing. It is, yes. I think that's yeah, why people sure. like to do it all on the table and um, just hope your guests aren't hungrier than you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I suppose so many, so many um, people expect it. I suppose so many menus will have like, you know, 
a beef, a chicken, and a and a, and a fish, and so and a, and a vegetarian course. Do you know what I mean? They they, they yes, don't yeah. they don't allow themselves maybe the the the, the imagination or the creativity that interesting starters could have. Perhaps no, true enough, true enough. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I I do agree with that. Also, I noticed that uh, desserts are kind of becoming second class now. People aren't really going for desserts too much. Maybe a bit of cheese. And um, yeah. and then on the drink side, drink side. I mean, it used to be just like wine, but now I notice there's cocktails. Uh, craft beers, um, wine, obviously, uh, Prosecco, champagnes, the, the drinks. If, um, and everyone wants a different drink on the table. Not everyone's going to go for the wine. You know, I know that's that right. You can't have one bottle and everyone's going to have the same yeah, wine, yeah. no matter what they're eating. Yes, of course. Especially the, the, the younger generation. Younger generation are totally different than what we, we were, that's for sure. Um, now that Le Crivan is no more, what are you doing now or what's your plan for the future? Will you share with us? I mean, you're still involved yeah, sure, in the yeah. food business? No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I, I should retire, I suppose. <laughs> like I'm 64 um, and I'm proud of that age. I think we, I think when you get to a certain age, you'll be proud of it. Yes. You, you, you got that far. I mean, we've all lost so many loved ones and friends over the years, you know, before us. So we're, we're, we're here, still here, which is like great, I suppose. Um, and then I said, Salian, look, you know, staying in the house all the time and not doing much, you kind of get bored. So um, I'm, getting, I'm going to get involved in a little place down in Temple Bar. And, um, and what's, what's the name of the restaurant? Uh, it's going to be Eliza's. Eliza's? Yeah. And it's going to be a bar, a full bar with cocktails and beers, like I talked about. And then we're going to have nice, simple foods. Um, I'm using uh, smoke and wood and coal to cook. And it'll be um, family menus, tasty menus, you know, but not in the way in the, for, in the form of a structural sure. service. Um, like things, everything from pizza, burger up to lobster. Pretty much. So it's um, Eliza's. It's not open yet. No, uh, at the moment it's in the process of uh, being built, and it's on Millennium Bridge there, just beside the Liffey and uh, oh, yes. Temple Bar. Hopefully, we're looking at March. Um, so all going well, we'll open in March. Oh, I must, I must and, keep the eye out. I'd love to, I'd love yeah, to yeah. have him there. Yeah, and um, yeah, I got some great young, I got a great young chef, Jan, coming in there. He worked with me in Lake Crivan. He's a great young guy. And um, hopefully he'll take over the kitchen and I'll just kind of oversee it. Um, yeah. So, well, well, that's great news. I'm delighted to hear you're not retiring from the food scene. I look forward to visiting there. But tell me now, just talking about the food scene and not retiring from it, what do you do when you are not cooking <laughs> like like what sort of i don't know interests or part or whatever pastimes do you do like it yeah well yeah well i mean going back to the sea i said at the start i love i love the sea i love anything to do with boats so about okay. 20 odd years 20 odd years ago about a small boat that's the kinsale and connection too correct it is yeah. exactly and uh, as all of us do we always want a bigger one so i've got a bigger boat and a bigger boat oh great and i have a nice a nice boat now and uh, it normally stays in kinmore key oh um, yeah it's and now up for fish? sale i do exactly that's what i'm coming to it's when it comes to, i go fishing and uh, like um it was great when the kids were young um andrew and sarah may well it was always big enough for us to go away for a week or two weeks on it so oh go away, fabulous yeah up, up, go to scotland you know, up the western isles or over to wales or south of england West Cork, we've got West Cork or Kerry a lot, and um, yeah, great, great memories, but great times fishing, you know. And then we'd uh, cook the fish, I'd do barbecues on the beach, or I'd uh, I used to have a smoking box, little box I made myself, little metal box. I used to put uh, little bits of wood into it, little oh, rack lovely. on top. Oh, I'd love on the that. beach, yeah, and just burn that and then put the mackerel on and put the box, cover the box, and after five minutes, yeah, smoked fresh smoked mackerel. 
Oh, uh, that's good. Enough, Marie, it was brilliant. Used to do it on the beach, and there'd be no one around. And suddenly, when after about five minutes, when the aromas are coming out of it, there'd oh, be crowds yeah. around. There'd be crowds around waiting. And we used to, I used to have a, a sliced pan of bread, butter the bread, bang on some um, mackerel, a bit of sea salt, and some mayonnaise, and Beautiful. dinner served. And so with a great. bottle of cold white out of the box. Yeah, well, for me, it would be beer. You I'm more of a beer, beer drinker. For me, it'll be yeah, a cold yeah. white. There you go. I'd say I'd be saying, no, I'd be Prosecco, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Prosecco, I would never say no. <laughs> no, or dry, no, a dry white. That sounds great. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, that's very much my thing. That's fabulous. Yeah. They're the memories. I think they're the memories you kind of make uh, with those things. Um, you know, that's really my main hobby, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, over the, uh, so that's why I'm still, still involved in that, so I enjoy it. So, I, mean, I met some great friends from there as well, so. Yeah, no, it's it, it's lovely. It's a fabulous way to 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 enjoy the enjoy the summer weather. Um, yeah. How do you see the food before we finish up? How do you see? I'm asking you to look into your crystal ball. How do you see the food scene changing in Ireland now? I mean, I think you've kind of said that covered that when you've spoken about kind of yeah, but also I think you know definitely. Um, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but people want to know where the food has come from. Yes. I think we're much more aware of that. And I know that even supermarkets, people are saying, and I see it an awful lot lately. People don't, people don't want to see uh, French beans from uh, Nigeria. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to see um, uh, asparagus from Brazil. You know, they don't want to see that. They want to see Irish products yep. in there and, and go seasonal. You know, and that's what I'd like to see that. I don't want to see strawberries uh, at Christmas. Yeah. You know, and we shouldn't see strawberries at Christmas because our, our ancestors used to look forward to strawberries. And the reason why they looked forward to strawberries because only once a year. Because it was you the know, season, summer, exactly. Yeah, season, and that, that was our treat. And then you know, coming to winter, winter is lovely as well. But I mean, I think that's going to happen a lot. And then air, uh, air miles. I think people are going to be much more aware of where the food, distance-wise, where it's where it's come from, and uh, can we get it down the road? You know, why would you want to buy uh, a loaf of a French cheese but you can get sure. it? Sure. And I got Irish cheese here. You know, so things like that. I think are going to be much more important. And I think you're uh, right. And it has been an issue for a while. It used to annoy me when there wouldn't be much provenance uh, on on the menus. But I think yeah. now, with all the talk about climate change and so on, I think it's even more to the fore. I think it's more important that that provenance is actually listed for all the food on the on the menu. People people want to know, as you say, that food is in season and local. And hundred percent, you know, and also, you know, I mean, really, really, very serious about. Uh, like we're only a small country here, and it's a regular country, and we should support each other. And there are people out there producing brilliant food in Ireland who need support. You know, they need the local people to buy their products. Yeah, we have and, great uh, producers now, haven't we? Oh, spectacular. But yeah. I, I always say if I'm in a certain place in Ireland and the I have a bacon sandwich or whatever, a piece of bacon from the local area, yeah. I'm tasting the area and it's part of the area and it's meant to be in that area. Sure. You no, know, it's like, it's like um, having, a, having a Mediterranean vegetable in Ireland in winter doesn't work. You know, yeah. a Mediterranean vegetable is uh, on the Mediterranean in the summer. Or sure. where they're from, I think, you know, every food belongs where it should, 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 should stay where it belongs, really. No, definitely. And I think it's an awful shame. Like a lot of restaurants will sort of say, um, you know, uh, goat's cheese and beetroot salad. And I'd say, well, which goat's cheese is it? And they have to go back into the kitchen to ask instead yeah. of saying, well, it's it's. Santorino, but it should be named. Whatever that it cheese, is, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. That name, that cheese should be named by whoever makes it. Exactly. And also then then it, then it gives you the if you go off shopping, you see that cheese, I'll buy it. I had it in the restaurant last week. It was lovely. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, listen, that's great. I could chat for ages, but I suppose we're running out of time. Any, any, um, talk about running. Did anyone ever do a runner from your restaurant? And not pay <laughs> actually, actually, one night, uh, one night, this young fella, uh, he was there and he was, he was in tears. And Sally, I went over to him. And what happened was uh, his date did a runner on him, just left him. Oh, right. And uh, I think they're going Dutch and he hadn't got the money to pay the whole, the whole bill. And, oh, uh, well, we, well, obviously, you know, and it was genuine. I definitely could see it was genuine. I felt we felt for him, you know, so uh, 
we obviously gave him uh, we didn't charge him rent actually um and also another night i remember um a young guy organized an engagement he had the ring delivered the whole thing organized and uh, sat down and when it came to time to propose he got down on one knee and she said no oh no she did not yeah, did she? she did yeah but i mean Afterwards, he was really, really, he was really upset. But I said to him, "Why didn't you? you should have uh, worked out first whether she say yes or no." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, I mean, you should have known whether she might say yes or no. Or you know, if you were in doubt, you wouldn't have asked. But uh, he did in the middle of the restaurant, so I felt for him that night. Yeah. Was that after they had the dinner or before the dinner? Yes, after, after, after. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. at least, no, at least he got dinner. At least he got dinner in. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me. I'll certainly look forward uh, to visiting Eliza's in Temple Bar. And is Sally Ann involved in that with you as well? She she will be married and um, she hopefully she will for a little while. I don't want her working too much because she worked too hard in the caravan. I want her to stand back a bit. Well, two of us yeah. will, by the way. You know, we're at that age now. Let's enjoy ourselves a bit more. Yeah. I just look forward to seeing you down there. And uh, all your listeners, please come down and uh, say hello. Listen, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Mary. Take care. Thanks, Jerry. Bye.